so we are looking here today at uh, Matthew chapter 2, the simple message about highlighting the accounting of Christmas and what it has done for us as children of God, past, present, and future. From this point forward in the message, we will, when we use the word Christmas, we are referring in totality to the event of the coming of God's Son in human form as a baby. And so we're going to have a little fun with the Christmas story this morning. I encourage you, and I love what Mandy said earlier. She said it in first service as well. You may be the one that the Lord looks to to ask gently uh, and with grace and mercy. May I read the Christmas story at your Christmas gathering and the such. Matthew chapter 2 is a good place to go. There's a very good rendition there in Luke as well, whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to. But we started this many years ago. Uh, we did it first in our family with our, when our kids were small, and it, it was fun. And then we have done it here as a church for many years. Uh, and simply, when I pause, we're not going to stand. You just stay seated where you're at. When I pause, you fill in the blank as best you can. If you get it wrong, it's no big deal other than just read your Bible more. <laughs> if you get it right, hallelujah, and move on, okay? Don't, none of this, all right? Just do your best, and, and we'll move on. All right, you ready? This is Matthew chapter 2. Now, when Jesus was born in of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Now, if I had to remind first service, just because I told you to turn to Matthew, don't look at your Bible. You're doing this by memory. You cheaters. All right, now here we go. I'm messing with you. There came wise men from the to Jerusalem. You're doing much better than first service. Saying, where is he that is born of the Jews? For we have seen his in the east and are come to worship him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where... Christ should be born. And they said unto him, good, good effort there, bread. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then... Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. Herod was lying, wasn't he? When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the which they saw in the went before them till it came and stood over where the Young child was. Very good. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. There you go. Very good. Very good. All right. So, again, this message is to highlight and take accounting of what Christmas has done for us as children of God, past, present, and future. From this point forward, when we use the word Christmas, we're referring in totality to the event of the coming of God's Son in human form as a baby. So point number one, what Christmas did past. A, under point number one, is simply fulfilled multiple prophecies 
and promises. Years ago, in funerals, when I would share the gospel, and Brother Darrell pointed out in first service about his uh, mother-in-law's dad that went home to be with Jesus a few weeks ago. We celebrated his life Thursday, and the preacher shared the gospel. It's a pass-fail for a preacher for a funeral. If you preach the gospel at a funeral, you passed. If you don't, you fail. I don't care how well you did it. You just got to get it out there. And years and years ago, understanding that our world is confused. Can I get a witness? Our world, I would like to hope and pray and think we're not right here in these four walls, but they're confused about the origins of this planet. They're confused about the intentions of the person that created this planet. Did he? Is there such a person? So on and so forth. So I always like to throw integrity to the whole situation and tell people, I've made the decision for me and my house. You have to make a decision. Someone accused me years ago of being brainwashed, and I wisely said, you're right, choose wisely. We all are brainwashed by something. Watch this. In my humble opinion, there's only one good brainwash out there, and it's the Bible. And we come, I'm not trying to be mean, we come empty-headed into this world. And we have to be washed. We have to be told. We have to be taught. And I'm so thankful that I was given to a gospel teaching family. And they taught me the gospel. And I've been doing it ever since. And church, I believe with all my heart the fact that there were well beyond but 50 for sure prophecies about Jesus and every one of them were fulfilled. That is an amazing truth that cannot be argued away. So, the reason why prophecy is an indication of the divine authorship of the Scriptures and hence a testimony to the trustworthiness of the message of the Scriptures is because of the minute probability of fulfillment. Anyone can make predictions. Having those prophecies fulfilled is vastly different. In fact, the more statements made about the future and the more detail, then the less likely the precise fulfillment will be. Now, Jess, uh, my wife warned me that you were in the crowd, so I don't want to embarrass myself. But in first service, you weren't here, so I said what I wanted to say. <laughs> Jess is in a Michigan family. I love them. I love them. I'm praying for you. All right? Because Michigan and Alabama are fixing to play, all right? So, no, Jessica, all of this is meant to be lighthearted. The, <laughs> the boyfriend's praying for her right now. All of this is lighthearted and not meant to uh, offend because it's coming from an Alabama skewed opinion, okay? I'll admit that right up front. If I were, and I have, I've predicted that Alabama's going to beat Michigan. Watch this. I really ought to stop there. Because that may or may not come true. But I've heard a lot of people go on on both sides and say not only is Michigan going to win or Alabama going to win, but Milrow or J.J. McCarthy's going to do this and that and the defense is going to do this and that. And the more you put out there, the less chance of accuracy. Watch this. 
God never hesitated to give every minute detail about Jesus' birth. Never hesitated. And he was right on every area. So, Jess, if I upset you, let's get together and I'll, I'll make up. All right, here we go. <laughs> For example, what's the likelihood of a person predicting today the exact city in which the birth of a future leader would take place well into the 22nd century? What's the likelihood of that? This is indeed what the prophet Micah did 700 years before the Messiah. Further, what is the likelihood of predicting the precise manner of death that a new unknown religious leader would experience? Watch this. A thousand years from now, a manner of death presently unknown. In other words, when David predicted the crucifixion of Christ, David didn't know what a crucifixion was. But he prophesied it through the Spirit of God. He did this in 1000 B.C. Again, what is the likelihood of predicting the specific date of the appearance of some great future leader hundreds of years in advance? This is what Daniel did 530 years before Christ. If one were to conceive 50 specific prophecies about a person in the future whom one never would meet, just what's the likelihood that this person would fulfill all 50 of the predictions? How much less would this likelihood be if 25 of these predictions were about what other people would do in response to him and were completely beyond this person's control? For example, how does someone arrange to be born in a specific family? How does someone arrange to be born in a specified city? in which their parents don't actually live? How does one arrange their own death, and specifically by crucifixion with two others, and then arrange to have their executioners gamble for his clothing? How does one arrange to be betrayed in advance? How does one arrange to have the executioners carry out the regular practice of breaking the legs of the two victims on either side, but not his own? How does one escape from a grave and appear to people after having been killed indeed? It may be possible for someone to fake one or two of the messianic prophecies, but it would be impossible for any one person to arrange and fulfill all of these prophecies. You see, Jesus' birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection is a miracle. And only God can bring this about. B, under this point, it brought hope. Jesus' birth brought hope to a hopeless situation. I don't know what all of you are going through. Jesus does. He knows what you're going through. And that same babe in a manger that grew up and died on the cross for your sins and resurrected from the grave can come into your situation now and bring it about to bring glory to his name. And that's exactly what he did with that Israel in that day. Overall, man was lost in his human human condition with only this promise of a savior and on this day in history meaning when Jesus came to the earth the down payment is made with the baby Jesus particularly the horrible situation God's children were in under captivity now folks I am the worst if I'm not careful to complain about the particular political climate that we are in right now but none of us have it as bad as the Israelis did in that day we we don't know now we may get there but we are right now not under foreign occupation. They were. And they were being harassed. They were being oppressed. They were being overtaxed. And Jesus came 
and brought hope to this situation. Do you remember that passage where Jesus told the Israelis, he said, when someone comes and asks you to go with them a mile, you go with them too. And, and I really never understood that until someone smarter than myself taught me. You see, that was the law that the Romans in that day, specifically the soldiers, could ask any Israeli person to pick up his pack, his battle pack, and carry it for a mile. That was the law. Very punishable if you didn't do it. And Jesus brought to them the peace, the confidence, the security in their own heart that they would pick up that pack with excitement and go two miles. Church, I'm going to tell you, someone that knows that they have responsibility and authority over you, if they're not careful, especially if they're a jerk, they're going to use it. But when you go beyond what they can command you to do, now, all of a sudden, you've got them on their heels, and they're all ears. And that Israeli would pick up that pack, and he would walk at that mile, and the Roman would go, okay, you're good. And he'd go, oh, no, let's go another one. What? Let's go another one, because I'd like to talk to you about somebody. You see, on that second mile is where you get to share the hope that that Roman soldier knew nothing about. Church, one of the reasons why the Bible says that the church turned the world upside down is because the church radiated Jesus to everybody, whether they were their enemy or not. And so you put a spotlight on the hopelessness of this world in our human condition. Some things got worse after Jesus came and died. Even though the Savior of the world came, the human condition was not immediately or still yet abated. Folks, Hitler had not happened yet, but he did happen. And things seemingly got worse. Herod carried out his horrible act on Bethlehem and Israel would later fall to Rome. But not only those things, in the past, Christmas brought the perfect eternal one in human flesh, the incarnation that means Jesus in flesh. The only reason we have a Savior is because of the sinless baby Jesus. Lastly, under this first one, made possible the sing single greatest event to secure humankind's salvation, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I can't speak for you, but I'm so thankful that to my knowledge, Jesus is the only person in the world that his single greatest reason to be born was to die. The rest of us, he allows us through his leadership to enjoy life and live life to the fullest and be one of his spokespersons throughout our life. Jesus' purpose was to carry yours and my sin to the cross. Watch this. And he did it with joy. He did it with joy. I, I don't understand that type of eternality. I don't understand that type of security and significance. I'm trying, and I think it's important for us to try. Point number two, what Christmas does in the present. Christmas reminds us every day God loves 
uh, say that, church. God loves us. Hey, let's do it one further. You ready? We're going to replace us with me. You ready? God loves me. We have said this many times that Christmas is not just for one day a year, but every day. Oh, what a wonderful year this might be if you and I could every day of this year remind ourselves Jesus came and was a sinless baby and died on the cross for me. It makes every day worth living. There's nothing worse than an unfulfilled promise. The baby Jesus fulfilled God's promise of a Savior and set up every other promise connected to our salvation possible. Heaven, are you ready for this list? Heaven because of the babe. Forgiveness because of the babe. Mercy because of the babe. Grace because of the babe. The word of God because of the babe. The armor because of the babe. The church because of the babe. The possessive spirit because of the babe. Small groups because of the babe. Awana because of the babe. CR because of the babe. Facilities because of the babe. And we could go on and on. I question whether to say this or not in our second service. I said it in our first service. I'm just begging you not to try to figure out who I'm talking about, okay? Because that's not the point of what I'm sharing. But one of you, meaning a member, faithful attender of this church, sent me a text this morning and just said, Brother Ben, me and my family are not going to be able to make it. And then he did something that I just believe is as refreshing as it could be. He told me why. And he was transparent, and he was humble. Something that none of us would want to go through happened this morning at their house. And he just told me, it's not going to happen. I've got family coming, and because of this situation, we got to knuckle down and get this stuff done. Now, church, please hear me. Any preacher worth his salt wants to see all of his people every Sunday, morning, uh, evening, and Wednesday night. Any preacher worth his salt. But watch this. Church, every one of you are involved in life, and any preacher worth his salt knows that. This is what I responded. Thank you for the transparency and the humility. You're not going to get any judgment from me. Just love, mercy, and grace. And I'm begging God to get into your situation and help you through this day. And and then I told this person, love your family. Spend time with them. Enjoy it. His response was, I needed that, Brother Ben. Amen. Now, church, listen to me. Here's the bottom line. Sure, we'd have loved them to have been here today, but if that situation would have happened in your house, you would have wanted us to extend that same grace and mercy. Can I get a witness? Yeah, absolutely. Because we don't have control over the stuff that happens to us. We've just got to handle it the best we can. And sometimes the best way to handle it is stay home and hunker down and get through. And I, I know that. Now, if you do it 52 Sundays in a year, we'll, we'll get together. <laughs> What's going on? But, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. And the babe, the babe in the manger is the reason that any preacher, church, or whatever can extend that type of grace to other people because we want that same grace extended to us. Jesus extended to you the grace that will protect you from an eternity in a place of eternal punishment. Next point, and we're almost to point number three. We should never question God because of the down payment of Jesus and his sinless life and the death, burial, and resurrection. Now, guys, we live in a rough, tough world, and it's easy for us to think, does God really love me? Would God let this happen if he loved me? Well, I'm trying to teach all of us because the Lord has taught me. 
Don't ever question that. Whether or not God loves you, and this is the backdrop, should be behind your life wherever you go. Whether or not God loves you has forever been answered on the cross of Christ. He loves you. You do life with that backdrop. God loves you. Lastly, Christmas and the finished work of Christ on the cross sets up every future victory. Church, this is the battle cry. We are not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. God has done some amazing things for, through, to Bethel Baptist Church in 2023. I believe we're just seeing the beginning. But watch this, church. We've got issues. Like any church full of human people, we've got struggles. We've got things we've got to work through. The cross of Christ is going to get us through every one of them. Every one of them. And we've got to believe that we are set up for every future victory. Jonathan. Jonathan, his dad had absolutely said, I'm out. His dad was the king of Israel. Saul had said, I'm no longer going to do what I'm supposed to do, which is to run Israel the way God would have him to do. And he was sulking under a tree when his nation was being ran out by the Philistines, and there were only two people in that nation that had a sword, Jonathan and the king. And so Jonathan took his armor bearer that doesn't have a sword, except Jonathan's sword, and he sets up a situation where he's going to take out a garrison, and the way they were going to figure it out is we're going to just let them see us, and if they say, come up here, we'll know God has delivered us. And that's exactly what they said. Come up here, we'll teach you a thing. And Jonathan and his armor bearer, according to Scripture, physically climbed a cliff and then killed 20 people in this garrison. The Bible says that Jonathan walked through the garrison. They fell. I believe this was a miraculous event. And the armor bearer slew after him. So in other words, the armor bearer kept Jonathan's sword. Jonathan didn't need it because he had the anointing of God. And, and the armor bearer did the dirty work, if you will, after Jonathan walked through. How on earth can something like that happen? Because we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. If you are struggling here today with a hurt habit or hang-up, that's why we do CR. And we've got help for you. The bottom line is the victory is waiting on you. You've got an amens rang throughout the building. I'm telling you. And I, I, can I tell you, I understand because we do. We get, you know, the old saying is we get our dauber down, you know, and, and that's easy to do. I'm trying to tell you, no, 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 victory is awaiting you because Christ has already overcome that hurt, habit, or hang-up on the cross. Now you just need instruction on how to get to that victory. And then you've got David, of course. David didn't face Goliath that day with one stone. David came to Goliath with five stones because David had four other brothers. David went in the absolute faith of God that he had what he needed to defeat all five giants. Church, please hear me. The giants in your life that are parading around telling you that you're not this or you're not that, you're no good, you can't. They're lying to you. And you need to know you are everything you need to be in the finished work of Christ. Put your armor on and go to work. Put your armor on and go to work. Let's all stand.
Musicians, will you come? If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, this is an invitation. We're asking you to come forward. We'll send you with someone gender appropriate. They'll share the gospel with you. Maybe you just, as Mandy said, maybe you're the person this year that you need to share the story of Christ in your Christmas experience. Maybe you just want to come to this old-fashioned altar and ask for grace and mercy, whatever the case may be. Will you come? Thank you.